0: The year is 1987, and a company called Square are approaching bankruptcy. A man called Hironobu Sakaguchi creates a video game called Final Fantasy, so christened because Sakaguchi believes it will be the final game he will ever make, and he wants it to be a tale of fantasy. 22 years later, there are now 28 games that are officially part of the Final Fantasy franchise, as well as countless more related products including films, comics, and even jewellery. The franchise created by Sakaguchi is now the fourth best selling video game franchise ever, only bested by Mario, Pokemon, and The Sims. That's Final Fantasy. This is Big Red Potion. Network. You're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that killed Aerith, but actually meant to kill Tifa. I'm your impregnable host, Sinan Kuba, staff writer and associate editor for the Game Reviews, and joining me as always is the dude who put the final into Final Fantasy 7, the fantasy into Final Fantasy 4, and the... Uh, into Final Fantasy... fellow TGR staff writer Joseph D'Elia. Joe, are you ready to kick it? In more ways than one, my good man. Awesome. Okay, let's go. Guests... First up, it's James Bishop, one of our good men working behind the news desk for TGR, who hails from the state of Indiana. James is also an editor over at the Planet Fallout site. And, uh, well, James, it's a pleasure to have you on Big Red Potion.
1: Thank you, pleasure to be here.
0: And uh, next up, it's Paul Rooney. Probably better known to a lot of the listeners of this podcast as Silent Hitter Shura, or as I think he was referred to on the Frugal Gaming podcast recently, a Silent hitto sh- Bag of Shit. Is that right, Paul?
2: That's about <laughs> right, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was charming, was Sounds quite it? fitting. <laughs> yes, it was lovely of them. Uh, Paul, if you don't know, Paul's one of the active members of the Cranky Gamers community, and he's just started writing some articles for them as they uh, transition into their new era. So, Paul, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so on to this week's show topic. And uh, we're talking about Final Fantasy, if you haven't guessed, and what it even stands for anymore. Final Fantasy is being one of the, you know, the lo- biggest, longest running video game series, or maybe even franchises to be more accurate, it was a series synonymous with a unique and high quality Japanese RPG experience, uh, but continuing the discussion from last week's episode, we're going to consider whether that's still the case, or whether the series has lost its identity with its massive expansion. So... To start us off, we're going to find out about each of our own experiences with the series. And uh, there's definitely quite a broad range of experience and uh, inexperience (laughs) among the (laughs) panel today. And on that note, Joe, (laughs) tell us all about your your Vast (laughs) experience with Final Fantasy.
3: All right, so Vast might not be the right word to use when talking about that. But, um, yeah, so I played Final Fantasy VII, and that's it. Okay, so it was the first RPG that I ever played... uh, I mean, I tried Zelda. I mean, played Zelda and stuff like that. But the, as far as real RPGs went, the ones where you have to level up and you have to do this and that, I had never really played one until I saw the massive, massive hype over this game, Final Fantasy VII, that was coming. And there was a demo in this game, Tobal, which I rented and tried, and I was like, "Wow, this ain't bad." And I ended up uh, getting Final Fantasy VII when it came out, and it was kind of a, kind of a revolution to me because I had really never seen anything like this uh, in the. 15 or so years that I had been gaming at that point and um, it was one of those games that it demanded your attention no matter what type of gamer you were so even me I was kind of an action gamer at the time I I was instantly fell in love with it and I loved the characters, I love the story and I stuck with it for 30 plus hours despite hating certain aspects of the gameplay such as the, the menu based combat and the somewhat uh, lengthy cutscenes and uh, some areas that didn't feel necessary in the, in the story but yeah, I mean, there's so much about it that was unique and new, and, and the cinematic uh, aspect of it was so crazy, and um, I fell in love with it. And then, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't get interested in 8, 9. I tried 10, didn't really stick. Tried 11, that didn't really work, and uh, that's it. So I'm, I played Final Fantasy 7.
0: Okay, so we've got Joe really coming from quite a, a, a frugal kind of, sort of level of experience with uh, Final Fantasy. How about uh, you, Paul? what's your experience has been like with the series
2: well similarly to joe it started with final fantasy 7 and um, basically it the first rpg i'd ever played at first it was quite overwhelming i had no idea what was going on i'd never played anything like it at all and it did take quite a while for me to get into but i guess that was a slippery slope because since then i have basically been playing rpgs jrpgs um, since then, past, how long ago was it now, 13 years ago? 12 Gosh. years ago now, mm. Final Fantasy 7 was released, and it basically blew me away, completely and utterly blew me away. Uh, no. Lots of emotional involvement with the, the characters, um, it was epic, more epic than any other game I'd seen, heard of, or played, and yeah, basically gave me a taste for it that, is, that has stayed with me since then.
0: So you've played all the, all the Final Fantasy games
2: since then? I got halfway through Ten. That was due to hardware difficulties. No, PS2 decided it didn't want to play it up until a certain stage. Um, I played. I was actually quite a quite a, a devoted fan to to Final Fantasy and Square at the time. I got Seven, and then I hunted out Parasite Eve, right. which was only released in the States. I hunted out anything with Square Enix on it. I had purchased, but after that, I got Final Fantasy VIII. Loved it. Final Fantasy Nine, loved it. Final Fantasy Ten, it was good. Didn't really grab me as much. Um, I got halfway through, and that's it. I played Eleven online, and I have not touched Twelve. Strangely enough, I haven't even, haven't even put it in yet.
0: Well, I think it's funny with Twelve. I think uh, a lot of people actually kind of forgot about it because it was so late in the PlayStation 2 life cycle. But um, uh, yeah, it's a shame that you had that trouble with Final Fantasy uh, uh, Ten. It's, it's, both, did Did you say, Joe,
3: you'd played Final Fantasy X as
0: well and you didn't I, really
3: get into it? I did play it and um, I, the story didn't capture me. Uh, I played about 15 to 20 hours of it and I got up to the second Blitzball uh, tournament that you had to do um, and I, I just couldn't... I, I don't know, I just couldn't stick with it.
0: Great, so I'm um, that's going to make what I say in a bit sound interesting. Um, so, how about you, James? What's your experience like with the series?
3: Um,
1: Unlike Joe, mine probably is the Vastest, if that's a word. And uh, I really started with actually 9. Um, I had been playing stuff like Diablo before that, but one day one of my friends came over and said, Hey, check this out. This is really cool. So we started playing 9 together, and uh, it was really kind of, a, Oh, let's see if we can level up this guy. And let's see if we can level up this guy. So really, I think the aspect of it that draws me back is the team play. I've always enjoyed RPGs uh, in general, but if I don't have more than that one character... I end up not caring enough, I think. Um, But after that, I ended up picking up 8 Next, uh, then 7, to the point where I now have Final Fantasy 1 on the original Nintendo, on the PlayStation, and (laughs) Hmm. on my Nintendo DS, I believe. So I've kind of gone a little bit overboard, and you can call me a Square Enix fanboy. For a long time, I frequented a uh, Square Enix forum. Uh, probably between Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2, Final Fantasy 10, Final Fantasy 8, and Final Fantasy 9, I probably have over 600 hours long.
0: Wow. Okay, so that's that's the other range of the spectrum. Um, so we kind of got Joe and and, uh, and uh, Paul on one side, and I think I'll be on James' side, really, because I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. I, I got into it with 8, actually. No, no, that's sort of lie. Well, it's rubbish. I got into it with, actually with Mystic Quest, which is the black sheep of the Final Fantasy series oh, uh, yeah. on the SNES. Yeah, uh, which is so underrated, by the way. But that's another topic. And I, I love that game. I then I've played Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III, as it was called. And then I kind of actually missed Seven for whatever reason. I think I maybe was a bit out of touch with gaming when Seven came out. And then got back into it with eight and nine. Uh, I, I really liked nine. It wasn't so big on eight. Went back to seven. Really liked seven. Fell in love with ten. You're all wrong on ten. Ten is one of the best <laughs> games made. Period. Um, and we're not. Gonna, no, we're not going to discuss that. Um, and <laughs> then I bought X2, and that was okay. I did try eleven, uh, yeah. and um, and then on to twelve. And I, in terms of the peripheral games, I'm not. I, I don't think I've maybe picked up as many as James did but I did like Tactics Advance and the second Tactics Advance on, on the DS but no, I, 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 I've not been so much a fan of the peripheral sort of stuff In terms of like JRPGs, I just wanted to ask Paul actually, because you mentioned mm-hmm. you're a big JRPG fan,
2: I am, so and yeah. I know
0: you, you play Persona yeah. a lot What what other JRPGs do you like?
2: Um, the biggest one would be the Shin Megami Tensei series the Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne it was called Mistakes States over here, it was called something stupidly... It uh, was Lucifer's Call. It was a ridiculous title. Um, and it's a very, very hardcore RPG. Um, it dealt with the the more sinister, darker side of things. And yeah, and then since then, I've been looking up Digital Devil Saga. Um, there's two of those. Devil Summoner. There's one on the PS2. There's one coming out um, in a couple of week- in a couple of months' time. And basically anything I can get my hand on,
0: In terms of me, with the other JRPGs, I picked up a a bit of Square Enix's other JRPG stuff. Uh, I liked the Dark Cloud, Dark Chronicle games. I don't know. I I think really I've stuck in terms of JRPGs to the Final Fantasy series personally. So I guess we've got four very different experiences. And uh, I think that will hopefully give us a good chance of getting an interesting answer to this question. And to start off getting into that question, we're going to actually try and talk about what makes the series special. Why... People actually care so much about Final Fantasy. For me, it's a lot to do with the fan base. I don't know what, we, what you guys feel.
1: Why do people care about Final Fantasy? What makes it special? I'd have to say that uh, Final Fantasy in general has really stuck true to the original elements of storytelling. Every single game, especially since 7, which a lot of people were first introduced to the whole Final Fantasy franchise with, has really made the writing an important element of it. And I, I'm not to say that other games haven't, but there's something in the way that Final Fantasy continues to advance as well in every other aspect, but continues to provide a, a good story. I, it's like any movie, except you can change it and move it around and make it your own. So I think for me especially, um, that would have to be the reason.
2: I'm struggling with the notion of what makes it special. I know it's the biggest kind of franchise in the genre. Um, the appeal, I would have to say, that first and foremostly, would be the scale. It's a very epic game. You know, people have this kind of perceived notion of quality about the game. Um, so far as the narrative, I find that the Final Fantasy series has failed to <clears throat> to keep me as a fan, basically, because of the, what I would say, maybe the increasingly perfunctory plot um, narrative or whatever. It's just, I don't seem, I don't find it as a big part of the game as it used to be. I don't find myself drawn into it. So I wouldn't say it was plot, but I would say it was quality. For me, especially now, um, it's the graphical fidelity. Can I say that? Is that even a phrase? No, that's phrase. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. A, it's <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm not one to say style over substance because that's that's not correct, but it does for me seem to be a technical showcase for the PS3, the 360. Just now, it's a, a vulgar display of power, if you will. It's the visual, it's the visual appeal to me, um, not so much the characters. I find them increasingly derivative. Yeah, I guess that's it. Epic. Scale and graphical fidelity, I guess. So the kind of really
0: production values. It's production not just, values. I'm, yeah. I think I, I, if, if you're going to go down that line, I would say you know it's not just the graphics; it's the the, the, the music, aesthetic. the the level put into the dialogue, um, the aesthetic certainly, the the length. Sometimes that's like just the fact that you've got an amazingly high quality game for such a long time.
2: Indeed. In terms of, yeah. yeah
0: from my point of view, like what I said about fan base, I would like to come back to what uh, Paul was saying in particular. Um, but in terms of fan base, this is kind of what Michael was talking about, Michael Abbott on, the, on our last show. He was mm-hmm. saying, you know, it's difficult uh, for Square Enix because they've got this huge fan base who are kind of almost self-perpetuating the series in the sense that they, they demand what they, they want from it. And uh, so the series kind of just, you know, keeps sort of folding in on itself and becoming just this, Bigger, grander version of what it was before, and that's why you kind of get this feeling like you, you when you played twelve, and uh, even though there were so many new things, it felt like the old same old Final Fantasy experience. And I, I think in some ways, even that goes all the way back to nine. Uh, you could say nine didn't really adva- advance things that much forward, even though like, and he was talking about all these like you know little changes which people think are innovations, but really are just like iterations. Like I said, yeah, iterations. That's, I, I, that's a perfect word.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that. Final Fantasy is in the new position where it still uh, has a lot of the stuff that it had back in the beginning. I mean, it's still a menu-based combat system. It still has these distant save points that you have to travel across the entire world to to, to save your game. There's still these overly elaborate animations that repeat every single time the same way when you you summon certain creatures and such. Um, It it definitely contains a lot of ancient uh, gameplay concepts that aren't really in use in many other games these days, and I think that a lot of people really like that. A lot of people like to have something that is like it, you know, uh, it was originally. I mean, if you go back to even the earlier Final Fantasies, it has a lot of the same characteristics that the newer ones do, and the only thing that's really changed a lot is the presentation and the, the vastness of the experience. Um, but I actually wanted to talk about that in a different way. Um, as far uh, the, the Final Fantasy fans has one of the most hardcore groups in any game series in, in the world, and there's there's fans in every corner of the earth. And, do you guys think at this point that their series is picking up new fans? I mean, it's kind of a hard one to get into. It's so different than the, the majority of um, other games, and I know other JRPGs do pull from the same tree, but do you think that, seeing as how Final Fantasy hasn't adapted to current gameplay standards as much as some other genres have, do you think a person who's never played a Final Fantasy game can buy one now and get into the series um, as much as someone who's been playing it for a while? Uh
2: Definitely. Yeah, I'd have to say so, yeah. Um, before, when I when I got the, the show notes here, I asked some friends, basically, who had no experience in JRPGs, had little interest in Final Fantasy, would they be picking it up when Final Fantasy Thirteen is released? And they all said yes. Um, I pushed to ask, but I didn't get much of an answer. I think it would be... The idea that I just mentioned would be this this perceived quality that they 're more than willing to maybe they feel as if they 're missing out if they don't pick it up, but it has just become so huge and I think it 's a safe bet they know they're getting eighty odd hours worth of gameplay they know they 're getting massive production values it doesn't it doesn't break down boundaries it doesn 't try and reinvent the wheel you know it just it does what it does, but it does it prettier now, so I think people are more than willing to pick it up.
0: I think it's if you're talking about the new expanded audience that's come through the Wii that maybe picked up PS3 and 360, yes, because it's a big title. If you're talking about people who have been gaming a long time who might you know get into the series now, this is the thirteenth iteration of the series. I'm I'm not I am not convinced that, it, that the thirteenth is going to convince anyone to to join up again. In terms of what you said about a better you know the production values, yeah. Do you guys feel that? Final Fantasy in some ways is just a better version of what other people are doing. Does it really distinguish itself in any other way apart from just having the best story, the best um the best type of turn-based gameplay or does it do something a bit more special than that?
1: I I'd, I'd have to say yeah it does. Uh and again, not to rain on your parade, but saying that the 13th isn't going to bring in new fans is like saying that oh no, just because Final Fantasy 7 is coming out, it's not going to bring in new fans. Absolutely. Number 7 was the first for the PlayStation. Number 13 is the first for the PlayStation 3. So, I have to say, there's definitely going to be new fans. And keep in mind that some of the peripherals, um, there's still Crystal Chronicles games slated for the Wii. It's not just like it's only going to be Xbox 360 and PS3. Um, while I would say that uh, it does everything that, uh, standard JRPGs do in the best fashion, it also continues to add something new. Um, Whereas it's very difficult to break the mold because, as we've said before, fans expect a certain thing when they buy a Final Fantasy game. It's very difficult um, to not uh, throw fanboys off the edge. There's just a certain level of expectation from everyone. So you've got to work within these boundaries, really, of your fans to not alienate anyone. But they still continuously add a little something. Uh, and just to point out earlier, Sinan, you said that 9 really didn't add anything. Well, that's probably because 8 and 9 were in development together. They were in development alongside each other. So while they took very different paths, there wasn't a whole lot added at that time. 12 added in the whole new party system, where the gambits and everything, not everyone liked it, but it was certainly something different than what everybody else was doing. But do you not think it, it, it to the
0: Final Fantasy series is a big change in terms of any other series in terms of any other game,
1: you know, genre, whatever, it's just a small change. I'd say, yeah, it has to be small changes is what I would argue, that um, to not alienate their already established fan base, which are guaranteed to continue buying these things because, you know, they've had this continuous line of, all right, that was good, that was good, that was good. Now, some people may not have liked certain ones, you know, 10, for example, but that doesn't make them less likely to buy this one because they will say... Well, thirteenth the first one for the p s three I really liked seven I really liked eight
3: well there's the thing is um with the Final Fantasy series is in a unique situation where every single game kind of has new characters, new world new um everything pretty much the only thing that stays is the base mechanics that make the series what it is so um I would think with this one more than anything, they would be able to take more chances with the series. They would be able to change the mechanics a little more because people are go- are going into these games expecting change, expecting a new world, new characters, everything. So, do you think that they could make like massive changes to the next Final Fantasy and the fans would accept it, or is that more of a uh, would that be not such a good idea to alienate the audience like
1: that? To continue my argument, I would say that there's a good reason that there's a lot of peripherals, um, Revenant Wings for the DS has an entirely different combat system than Final Fantasy XII does, but it's still based on Final Fantasy XII. Um, tactics itself is technically not part of the numbered, um, line of Final Fantasies. Um, I think they took a real chance, for instance, on Final Fantasy XI going into the MMO world. And it, I wouldn't say it failed, but it is very difficult to get into. There is a huge learning curve in that game. I would call it the game of menus. Right. And I think
0: you, I would agree. You can't say it's failed, but you can say it's all but uh, Final Fantasy XI. I mean, in terms of what the Final Fantasy series has done, Final Fantasy XI was a risk which went wrong. I would I would argue. I, I, in terms of what you're saying, Joe, like it's difficult because listen, what Michael was saying, the fan base are they're not like any other fan base for any other game I know. They're obsessed about I everything. They're obsessed about the character, the character design. You know that, that Tetsuya Nomura look, the accessories, the sleeves, all this. <laughs> crazy stuff, which I must say I like, but whatever. Um, you know, like this, the fact that it's this sci-fi plus magic story it always has to be that now. Ever since seven, it's sci-fi plus magic. Um, I don't know what, how much they can actually deviate from that. I mean, it's it, it, they do. I felt in twelve, they did like such a good job of keeping it to all these things that it felt like all the, had references to all these things from seven, eight, nine, and ten. Um, but it still felt like its own. I just wonder how long they can keep doing that.
3: What if they did break away from the menu-based combat? What if Final Fantasy XIII was kind of like Mass Effect where it's it's half uh turn-based, half real-time or even Fallout, Fallout 3 is a better example, um where it's it's got some elements of the original gameplay in it, but it's also this uh different uh real, somewhat real-time gameplay. Do you think the fans would take that kind of thing in the main series of Final Fantasy games or do you think those will only those type of big huge Genre-defining changes would only happen in the spin-offs that James were talking about.
1: Since you brought up Fallout, Fallout Three was a huge different, uh, hugely different game than the original Fallout's, and all you have to do is look at the No Mutants Allowed forums, and you can tell that because it took such a different spin on the game, all the old fans, or at least a large majority of the vocal uh, fans, were greatly disappointed. Because it wasn't what they were expecting. Like you said, Final Fantasy changes worlds, changes characters, changes everything. If you then change the menu, if you then change the fact that it references 7, 8, 9, whatever, if you get rid of Wedge and Biggs, if you get rid of Cloud references, everything, what makes it Final Fantasy?
0: Well, this is what we're going to come to, and I think um, it's it's important. I, I In terms of what makes it special, what separates it from other JRPGs, because all the other JRPGs can copy the gameplay to some extent I, I'm, I'm s- sort of going on board with Paul's view more that it's this production value, it's the fact that Square Enix can do it better can make it look it better than anyone else can, can. and uh, I, I think what really it, the case with Final Fantasy is that it just is the best turn based JRPG type of game in terms of gameplay, story, production value and they just, they can do it better than anyone else I, 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 I'm not necessarily sure that makes it special it's just that they can do it better
2: I think the the more niche titles, like the one I've been evangelising about recently, obviously Persona 4, that showed what can be done in a very constrict genre. It does certain things and does them with aplomb, and people reacted to that, reacted to it well. So I think of well, the Square have, are in the driving seat, and basically the fans are going to swallow what they give, what Square Enix gives them. They're going to take it and they're going to like it. That's, that's what's going to happen. They're in the driving seat. They're the ones who can reboot. As long as it works and it works well or it works better, then the fans will lap it up. I'm just—I don't think that these iterative changes, yep, it's a, a slight improvement. Did you like that? Oh, I preferred that. Did you? Do you want the materia back? Yep. Some people say no. You're not going to please all the people. You can't please all the people all the time. A certain level of playability. And make it a quality combat system, then that's fine. I don't, I don't really think they have to go above and beyond that. But what I think they need to do is make some other changes, make it more relevant.
3: This series is, is so much different than pretty much everything else out there. I think that the Final Fantasy fans, as James and, and Paul were getting at, they, they have their. Um, the, the gameplay is very important, but there's also so many other factors with Final Fantasy that are, you know, that are important. I mean, I myself when I played Seven. I really wasn't into the gameplay that much, but I stuck with it to see what was going to happen in the story and the characters and um, all that stuff. The music of Nobu Ematsu was so amazing, and I stuck with it just to hear some more of that, honestly. Um, so I think Final Fantasy can get away with a lot of things that some other series can't. They can um, they can make these incremental changes and please the audience, whereas if uh, you know Resident Evil 6 only changed one or two things from 5, it would cause this big uproar in the community. But I... I think that they do have to move on. I think if Final Fantasy XIII plays just like twelve, or plays similarly to twelve, that there will be a little unrest. And I'm hoping that whatever new systems they have lined up for that one will change the genre a bit, change the series, change everything that had happened so far. Even if it keeps some familiar elements in there, make some big changes. Because I'm interested in Final Fantasy XIII based on what I've seen. Um, I think it looks great, and I am going to pick it up. But if the gameplay is the same as ten and all the other ones that I've tried, I probably won't stick with it.
0: Well, this, I think this is the, the the issue here, to some extent, why I bring up the idea of it being better than anyone else can do is because what we were talking about last week was the idea of a genre being standardized. And I, I pointed towards two genres that I feel are being standardized, the first-person shooter and the JRPG. And I was just wondering what you guys felt in terms of, take Lost Odyssey, for example, which I think most people agree is a poor man's Final Fantasy. Not that that's a bad thing, but it is... You know, it was Sakaguchi, Umatsu, uh, less production value, whatever. A a lot of people felt it was a poor man's JRPG, a poor man's Final Fantasy. Do you feel like the JRPG genre being standardized helps Final Fantasy, or does it hinder it?
1: I'd have to say that Square Enix in general has just always been really good at providing what people want. And in terms of JRPG uh, and people copying off of Final Fantasy, the only detriment I see to that, to the genre especially, uh, is a possible stagnation. Uh, Square Enix continues to push to try and make a better game, Um, and I would argue that the games are different, if not sufficiently, for everyone. You know, 9 had equipment where you learn skills, 10 had the sphere grid, 12 has the uh, gambit system and the way you learn with the whole, I don't even know what it's called, but the way you buy skills and type of thing. Um, So I'd say that they continuously try. They at least try for something different. Whereas most JRPGs are a derivative of what this Final Fantasy was or this Final Fantasy was. Um, I think a lot of people look at um, the various JRPGs that are out there and go, well, okay, this is like this Final Fantasy, um, which I don't think is a good thing. I think um, the problem with it is, is that there's not enough competition to make Square Enix really push the boundaries anymore and get another game that will set people's sights like Final Fantasy VII did.
3: Uh, yeah, I think, as Sanam was saying, the JRPG has been um, very standardized at this point. I mean, every other developer seems to look at what Square's doing over at the Final Fantasy branch and, and see, and pretty much base their games around that. I think... For me, especially the the thing that keeps me away from most JRPGs is the setting because they all tend to. I mean, there are certain exceptions, but they all tend to focus around the same medieval universe of uh, old school, a couple hundred years ago. And, I, and there has been some exceptions, like Star Ocean, I know is a sci-fi one and everything. But they they all kind of uh, they all kind of fall into the same category as far as there's no there's not a lot of variety within the JRPG genre. Um, and that's, I think, been my barrier entry for the for the genre. That's why I haven't really played that many of them in the past couple of years. Do you think that okay? You look at games like the Tales games, and you look at uh, Infinite Undiscovery, and you look at The Last Remnant. Those all had this very similar worlds. They there really is not much difference between they all in this uh, olden times uh, knights and uh, characters in these the small towns and all this stuff. Do you think that the developers of JRPGs are they? kind of going back to the same well based out of laziness they just don't want to design their own unique original universe or do you think that because final fantasy has traditionally stayed within those boundaries do you think they're looking at that and saying okay well we have to base our game in this kind of universe do you think that um the setting hasn't changed because final fantasy setting has always been the same or is it more of a just uh, general acceptance of what jrpgs are supposed to be
0: well i think this is an extension of what james was talking about in terms of what the fan base want you have to you know a lot of this is to do with what we do associate with final fantasy and final fantasy for, since seven like i said has kept this sci-fi plus magic idea um you know i think six is i don't know james will probably be able to tell me if i'm wrong six is probably the last one where they kept it strictly like Actually, six was a bit like that too. Six, six
1: was tech and magic. Five yeah. was probably the last real right. uh, non-tech magic combo.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think in some ways that almost forces your hand with a certain type of look, and you've got to have certain things that recur. Like I feel with ten is when they made the broadest sort of jump away with the look because they went the whole the sort of um, uh, Malaysian East Asian type look and it didn't really feel like anything I'd, uh, from the previous games but then again, now 13, the main character looks just like uh, uh, sort of a mix of Yuna and Tidus and uh, it's difficult. I don't know, how much do you feel, Paul, that the setting needs to change with these games?
2: With Final Fantasy games? I yeah. think they do need to change very much so. I think it has become standardised and maybe they're, they're hedging their bets, you know, they're playing safe with this whole kind of European influence, provincial town kind of setting, but it's quite popular. You know, it's familiar territory for people, and people do like their comfort blankets. You know, but I think if you're looking for originality, in setting, I don't think you're going to get it in Final Fantasy. Uh, um, you'll get in the previous games. I've mentioned. Uh, particularly the the Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne and Digital Devil Sagas, they're set in extremely original uh, locales. You know, it's this kind of barren wasteland, the the aesthetic, the kind of feel, the atmosphere is completely different. It's digital, as as the title would suggest. But as I think about it more, a lot of these RPGs do have this kind of villagey kind of feel to them, like Shirin the Wanderer. That being one of them. And the new Valkyria Chronicles as well. That had that very European aesthetic, didn't it?
0: Inside the Dark Chronicle.
2: Uh, Indeed, yeah. yeah. I I, I just played Fire Emblem there as well. That was very, very similar. Um, They do seem to be rehashing the same ground, playing safe. Um, I would love to see them really switch it up, really do something original, something inspired. But they're not going to do it. I think they've got too many fans to appease.
0: Do you think it's bad that, James, that the series has to appease these fan- fans? Do you think it can't, you know, it broaden its horizons because of the fan base?
1: Um, I think it's one of the reasons that in the recent years they've really stepped up in the peripherals. Like, Revenant Wings is you know, vastly different. Crystal Chronicles, the GameCube, was different. Um, they all still have the same setting, but at the very least they're trying to branch out uh, mechanics-wise. I think the problem is is that I wouldn't say they're hedging their bets so much as they know what works. When you define JRPG, how do you define it without Final Fantasy? How do you define it without and, you know, Paul and Joe both mentioned Square Enix games within when they were talking about other JRPGs. It's just Square Enix knows how to do these kinds of games very well. They are the powerhouse in the JRPG. Like when you think of JRPG, you think Square Enix.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I would, the, the powerhouse, and <clears throat> they do kind of rule the risk, so to speak. But I think that's a very quick route to stagnancy. I don't, I don't see them doing anything particularly interesting or developing on any ideas apart from the in last remnant you mentioned. That was a combat system, and that that fell by the wayside. That was awful. It really didn't work. It was incredibly tedious. They, they are, they are synonymous with JRPGs. You, you can't you mentioned one you mentioned the other but i think you might need to look elsewhere for originality and this kind
0: of goes back to what we were talking about last week do you think it's it's dangerous that one game can almost define a genre
1: I think it can be helpful. For instance, uh Killzone 2 recently released, and for a long time, people were throwing around the word Halo killer. And not to say that it is a Halo killer or that it was even designed to be that way, but with that mindset, and I'm sure the developers had it on their mind, I think it made Killzone 2 a much better game than it would have been without the uh, competition with the Halo franchise. Um, Without Halo setting that standard, I think... Killzone 2 would not have been as good as it is. I wouldn't say
0: say Halo defines the first person shooter genre. I'd say it's the forefront, but I'd say you've got things like Half Life, you know, which makes such a huge, it's got such a huge influence on that genre as well. Um, And even to some extent, uh, uh, well, maybe not recently, but you could go back and look at some of the older sort of games which influenced that genre. I don't know if you could go back in the JRPG and say, Really, that anything except Final Fantasy has defined it.
2: Dragon Quest.
0: Yes, okay, but as a, a Squareiness. Um,
2: <laughs> <So,
3: clears throat> um, I think it's a it's interesting because, like Sinan said, there are so many other in every other genre. There's so many other games you could always mention as the top tier titles. But in I mean, especially in recent years, I mean, aside from the the Shin Megami Tensei games, there really hasn't been another JRPG of note that has uh, crossed over and got a lot of new fans and 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 brought about a large amount of attention uh, outside of the Final Fantasy games. And I think it's strange that such a huge drama with so many people who want to play these games hasn't really um, inspired anything else to to reach that level, Uh, especially what Square Enix has done recently. I played Infinite Discovery and Last Remnant, and I thought they were pretty terrible. And um, I I think, honestly, um, the only game recently that Square has made that actually I thought was very enjoyable was The World Ends With You. but even that was such a departure from what JRPGs are traditionally are that I don't even know if you can call that a JRPG. So I think it's it, it I think if the other players in in the game like Namco and um and all of them really want to make a dent in the JRPG genre they have to not only just copy what Final Fantasy is doing but branch out a little bit more than they have been. And what Square has to do is kind of put more of an identity in the other games that they are developing because the other most of the stuff that they have coming out is very um Middling, to say the least.
0: It, it kind of extended to what James was talking about in terms of the peripheral games, because I, I, in some ways I consider a game like The, world's end you, the World Ends With You, even, um, almost like an extension of the Final Fantasy series, even just because it's made by Square Enix. But I, in terms of specifically the peripheral games, I know, James, you, you certainly think that they are doing a really important job for Square Enix and the Final Fantasy series. I don't know, What, what, what do, you, do you feel like, uh, do you think that's eventually going to
1: have influence on the main series? I wouldn't say that it's going to leak back into Final Fantasy itself so much as if Square really does something well with some of its peripherals, it might infect the whole JRPG genre in general um, because of how follow the leader it has been in the past. <laughs> the
0: dilution of the of these gameplay mechanics you know you've got like revenant wings which is almost like an rts and uh things like the we wear game which i forget its title but that was i'm not even entirely certain how you would describe the gameplay for that game do you think that that dilution almost makes the series lose a bit of its identity um or do you think it's it's just it's evolving into a franchise now and, and maybe that's what final fantasy is these days
1: Um, I think the dilution of the peripherals uh, being loosely related and loosely connected is uh, kind of uh, what Paul was saying earlier It's more of a hedging the bets. Um, If someone says, well, this was an awful Final Fantasy game, uh, Square can go, well, you see, it's Final Fantasy Revenant Wings. We were just trying something different. Um, And which I think is kind of what they've done. And now that I think about it, Vanadeel, the setting for Final Fantasy XII, was originally in Final Fantasy Tactics, which did really well. So it's possible that um, when a peripheral game does really well, they will bring it back in eventually.
2: I think the identity has definitely been lost. I think the um, the branching out for me still, there hasn't been a, a quality title. The worst being Dirge Cerberus, obviously, that was horrendous, but... These kind of peripheral games, these additions, these mobile phone games, I don't know, it has Final Fantasy on it, they're going to sell, but I don't find any of them, apart from Crisis Core, which was actually really good, I don't think any of them have added to the world of Final Fantasy in any way. Um, the Fabula Nova Crystalis, Final Fantasy 13, that's got, that's three games, isn't it? There's. Hmm. Yep. Final Fantasy XIII, there's Ag- Agito, Agito Action RPG and there's the online one for the PS3 well, I, I guess it remains to be seen if if they do actually work, it's just the other games those mobile phone games those handheld games they just, again I, I don't find them relevant and they haven't added anything, I, I do think that the identity has been lost somewhat of the game, this, kind of, the quality of it because you're not really sure whether it's whether it's good or not. You pick up Dodge of Cerberus and you assume a certain level of quality. Where it's absolutely a diabolical game. Revenant Revenant Wings was a, a really weak RTS.
3: Well, what do you think about the games that have specifically continued the stories, like uh, X2 and Crisis Core? Do you think uh, these stories from the Final, <clears throat> Final Fantasy game should be uh, expanded on like that, or do you think that the spin-offs and the uh, the side quests and all that stuff, the other the other Sidetracking that uh, Square has done with the series. Do you think those are more relevant um, than the actual sequels that they've been coming out with?
2: Yes, I do, actually. And I, I think Crisis Core was probably the best implementation of it, being the prequel, um, opening up the story of Zack, who is an infinitely more likable character than Cloud. I do think that is perhaps the best use of the medium of these smaller games to as an additional side, just for even as um, fan service these fans will lap it up if it's if it's adding on to the story, if it's, you know, part of a consistent universe. Hmm. Yeah, you... I, I, would, I would say so. I, I think that's the perfect... That's As a Final Fantasy fan of Final, uh, Final Fantasy VII, when I was playing it in that ending, I wanted more. I wanted some more in that universe. I wanted more about the characters. And I think these handheld platforms are ideal. But what they seem to be doing is making all these different types of games and just whacking the Final Fantasy sticker on it with Revenant wings, maybe.
1: I wouldn't say that it just whacks the name onto it. Um, Again, maybe this is a bit of my fanboyism, but I actually kind of like Dirge of Cerberus. Um, and to be honest, Final Fantasy VII is not my favorite game. But I like the idea that they are trying to branch out... Um, Each game into multiple different platforms, uh, multiple different ways of viewing it. Um, The story is continuously told. There is bits and points of the story in Dirge of Severus that you would not get otherwise. Um, There is bits of story in Revenant Wings for Twelve that you would not get otherwise. And I Mm -hmm. think this all really started with the compilation that Final Fantasy VII had. Um, I can't remember what they called it. I think it was polymorphic content or something (laughs) where they basically, yeah, (laughs) they spread it across a bunch of different consoles and said, well, we're giving everyone a chance to view this gameplay and view different ways that the game can be played and different parts of the story. And they're continuing that. Um, Apparently it didn't fail miserably because like Paul was saying, 13 has a Gito and all that nonsense going on with it. And it's, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not that will work.
0: I mean, I think how I felt about X2, and we've already talked a little bit about I mean, my misgivings about it on this podcast, but um, if, if we ignore what, how they ruined that story to some extent, I feel the principle was right. Like, they, that world of Spira was a world I wanted to go back to, and what they did in terms of taking you back to specific parts of it and saying, look, this has changed, da, 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 that was nice. And I kind of I side with Paul a little bit on it in terms of I do want to... Return to these worlds a bit more, and I would like to see maybe. I just wonder do you think the fans, if Square Enix came up tomorrow and said, Final Fantasy 13, you know, never mind, we're actually going to just make another sort of Final Fantasy 7 2, do you think they'd be happy or sad? Uh, anyway. That is a loaded question. It is a that's loaded a, question. That's a
2: huge question. Uh, mm.
0: I think they would.
2: They would be what? They'd be
0: happy? chuffed. I think they'd, they'd lap it up. I think people are desperate for a sequel to Final Fantasy 7, a proper sequel.
3: Do you guys, uh, mm-hmm. along the same lines, do you think that every one of their games should be a franchise onto its own? Like, should Final Fantasy X be a franchise that has five games in it? Should Final Fantasy Thirteen have three upcoming games um, before the Thirteen is even out? Should uh, Square be franchising each individual entry of the series, like the way that they have been doing?
2: I'd say so, yeah.
3: I think they could, certainly. Ten
1: um, didn't do badly. It was completely different than, you know... Not exactly the same, but there were points in it that I was glad that they had gone back to Spira, um, like Sidon was saying. Mm.
0: It's when you put it that way, Joe, I don't like how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really malicious. Um, <laughs> but it's what I'm asking.
1: I don't know. Well, there's been years and years of, them, of people wanting a two or a sequel to 8 or... A sequel to Ten, and it just you know happened that Ten was the first sequel. I don't think it's a trend that's going to stop.
0: No, I, I would agree, no. but I think it's 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 just difficult because that in terms of now what we this is where we get into when we actually think of what Final Fantasy means and what defines it. What what actually makes it as a series or even as an intellectual property? What actually defines this series now?
2: <clears throat> Apart from the quality that I alluded to earlier. Yes, apart from the quality. It would be, uh, hmm, the aesthetic, the, the kind of fantasy universe. I would that's the the unique selling point. I would say that's what makes it consistent. The integration of tech and magic. Um, see, that's what I, before I was saying. Basically, what would sell the game. But what makes it special, what makes it stay in the hearts of people, of the fans, I'd, it would need to be the characters, wouldn't it? It would need to be you being emotionally involved with the characters, wanting to progress with them to see what happens, being emotionally involved with the plot. I would say it would have to the characters I'll, I'll go with.
1: Um, I kind of have to echo what Paul is saying. It's uh, like I said earlier about the writing. I think the emotional involvement that people... Uh, gain with the characters from beginning to end, uh, and again uh, it's kind of a good uh, reason for them to not have sequels is because they kind of have a whole story arc. You meet the characters, you learn uh, what their problems are, you grow with them, they you know develop either new problems or they solve their old ones or you know certain problems just are not solved. It's like watching a good TV series um, except you have input and the involvement.
3: Uh, I'd, I'd have to say the characters too. And Joe? I think it's a lot of things. It's definitely the characters, but it's also just even the presentation. I mean, everyone knows that no one really does CG quite like Square, and I mean, they've made several movies to prove that. But... Well, hang
0: on. now, I'm going to interrupt you there. Do you think okay. that's the case anymore? Do you really think that's the case anymore? They well, don't, as far as... Anyone anyone else can't do what they do with CGI?
3: No, no. Not story-wise. No, no, no. Absolutely not. I thought the story was garbage in both those movies. No, no, no. no sorry.
0: Okay. Not, no, no. CG. Just specifically the CGI
3: I think that they've done a unique... In both of the movies, well, the, the, the second one especially, I think that they've done... They do more with their CG than I think a lot of other games do. I can't think of very many games that uses CG quite the way Square does as far as um, uh, even just portraying a story, because honestly most stories are garbage. Even if a game does have fantastic CG, you're not really getting anything out of it. I think Square is, does a good job of making you feel something for what you're watching in these CG movies. And the CG kind of accentuates the gameplay, which looks good to begin with. But um, I think they're definitely, if they're not at the top, I think they're still in the top tier as far as as just presenting CG to you in a meaningful way.
0: I totally disagree. Um, I think a lot of people are doing very, very good things with CGI, and I think it used to define Final Fantasy in the PlayStation era, certainly. If anything, it revolutionized the series now, uh, I don't know, I've, have you played Metal Gear Solid 4? Have you seen what they're <laughs> doing with their graphics? I mean, it's mostly, it's just... I've,
1: going on too long?
0: Well, probably, well, sorry, hang on, Final Fantasy we're talking about here. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, Pot Kettle Black. But, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of find that, I, I completely disagree.
3: Well, there are definitely some exceptions. I mean, Kojima has always done an amazing job with, with what he's done, but I don't know. There's something about Square. It's that's again, I've I've played many Square games. I don't really finish many Square games, but I've tried a lot of them and that's always one thing that stood out to me is being even in Infinite Discovery and Last Remnant, those games were garbage. Uh and even in those games, the the, the presentation of the, the cinematics and and everything was pretty much amazing even though the games were crap and uh I think that that's one thing you get across all of their titles. You get this a certain level of presentation um, that you would expect, and they will always deliver, and that's something that I don't really think you can get from many other studios.
0: I won't argue with that. I'll, I'll accept presentation as a more universal thing. CGI, eh, hmm. for me, I'm not sure what does define it. I'm not sure it's it, you can say. I'm not disagreeing that you can say characters. I think that in some ways that defines it as a property, uh, as some. Can you really? Those. I, I, I'm going more to what Paul was saying in terms of slapping the sticker of Final Fantasy on things. Like, just because you involve some Chocobos and some Moogles and uh, SID's airship, does it really make it related to anything that came before it? Uh, that's what worries me about this series. That it's, as as you get all these iterations with completely new worlds and the same gameplay that... well, not the same gameplay, but you know the, the same sort of style of, of Japanese RPG gameplay. I'm not even... I don't know. They all feel very separate to me and I'm just wondering where this series is going really, as a result. What do you guys feel on that sort of term? Do you think that, in some ways, now Square are just using the name and sticking it on stuff? I know that, James, you disagree.
1: Yeah, I absolutely disagree. Um, I'd have to say that I can't say in bad faith that Square Enix has ever taken me into a Final Fantasy game where I said, this should not be a Final Fantasy game. Um, Because... Uh, it's kind of what I said earlier about characters. The writing is always, in my mind, at least superb or bordering on superb. And the presentation, there's always this level that you expect. And I've rarely been disappointed. Not to say that I'm an ultimate, oh, Final Fantasy over everything fanboy, but I really enjoy Final Fantasy. Um, I'd say that there's a certain number of defining elements that kind of act as guidelines for what they should and shouldn't do, and maybe part of that is this whole magic and tech, um, village aspect, um, certain number of characters, certain amount that can be in your party, you know, whatever you want to say is throughout it, but they always do throw in Cid, um, Chocobos have been a constant, uh, often Moogles or at least Mogs. uh you know, certain things continue throughout it, and it gives this feel of continuity without actually having it.
0: I'll take my point one one step further then. Why couldn't Infinite on Discovery, apart from being a bad game, not be a Final Fantasy game?
1: That is a great question. I've never played it. I couldn't exactly say. Um, But other than people who normally work on Final Fantasy not working on it, I couldn't tell you.
0: So in some ways, you've, that's actually—I think—that's mean, a very interesting point because there is a very specific development team, as we know, who work on these games, and uh, I, you know they don't work on Infinite Undiscovered. They didn't work on uh, Last Remnant. Um, okay, so let's get to our sort of conclusion because I think we're kind of revolving around it. What? Let's start with Joe. Joe, what do you think Final Fantasy now means for gaming?
3: I think Final Fantasy still holds the title as one of the most cinematic and expansive series available in gaming. It has the experience that you really can't get from any other games because other JRPGs tend to be behind the pack a bit, and there's really nothing that's rivaling Final Fantasy on an equal level in the genre. So I think that um, it ha- there's so many aspects of the se- of the series that the fans get into and the fans adore, even if just down to the music, down to the stories, the characters, the, the world, even as... James was saying how, you know, they always involve Sid and the Chocobos, even those little aspects that people latch onto. That is what Final Fantasy is to me. It's, it's appeasing the fan base, which is massive, and also um, slowly advancing the entire genre of JRPG uh, one game at a time, and keeping this legion of Final Fantasy fans happy with as many games as they possibly can in a 12-month period. Um, Paul, what do you think? I'd,
2: I think Final Fantasy is a behemoth. It's a monster. It's it's a genre unto its own. I don't. I think if, uh, JRPG fans will be looking elsewhere. They'll be looking f- for different style of games and whatnot. But Final Fantasy is always going to be there, and it's got a sense of event around it. And not the smaller games. The the bigger games like Final Fantasy thirteen. It's a sense of event, it's a it's a massive game, it's an epic RPG and I think being such a huge game, I think it's it's good, it may, we may have argued that it's stagnant and it does the same things over and over again, the iterative process, but I think it's good for the, the genre on the whole, I think it, it gives it some kind of press and it also gives other companies things to look at and even hopefully do things differently. But it's a vital vital part of gaming. It's a vital part of JRPGs. And I I wouldn't have it any other way. It's almost like a guilty pleasure for me.
1: (laughs) Okay, and James, what do you think? Um, Final Fantasy means to me a good, epic game. Um, Generally speaking, if it has Final Fantasy on it, I'm willing to trust Square Enix and go the extra mile and check it out, at the very least. And... It just it has a certain connotation for a quality game, a quality RPG in general, um, which is why I feel like if Final Fantasy XI had maybe been Final Fantasy Online, it would not have riled up the fan base so much. Um, so I think it's just the Roman numerals, especially um, Final Fantasies, are just presented as such a massive undertaking uh, that they're always good, if not great.
0: I think that's a very, very good point about Final Fantasy XI. I completely agree that if it was called Final Fantasy Online, it would not have riled up the fanbase at all. And on that note, I'll give my own thoughts. I think it, uh, it's very close to what James is saying, even though we seem to disagree throughout this entire podcast. Um, I, I feel like it is this Square Enix seal of approval. Because um, you don't get it with in, on Discovery, it was rejected. Uh, you didn't get the Last Remnant, it was rejected. It, I don't know whether if they turned out better at the end, whether they could have slapped on that sticker or not. But my, my point being that I think, uh, you, at least with the main series, you know you're going to get a very, very good JRPG experience. And I I kind of take on board with what you're all saying. I kind of agree. I'm not sure that's a bad thing. Uh, the purest of me maybe thinks it's a bad thing. The gamer in me wants to play Final Fantasy 13 when it comes out. And I think on that note, that We'll conclude what's been really I I didn't think we'd get that much out of that topic. I don't know if you guys felt but it's there's loads to talk about. I feel like we could we could go on, but uh maybe your listeners won't agree. So <laughs> to, to 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 get us out whilst we are still alive, uh let's let's get to some plugs and shout outs. James, do you have any uh plugs and shout outs you'd like to make?
1: Uh Planet Fallout, Planet Resident Evil. Um, maps should be available for the new downloadable content pretty soon. So keep a look out for that. That's probably my plug. Excellent. Do you have a uh, URLs for for them? Uh, planetfallout.gamespy.com planetresidentevil.gamespy.com GameSpy. Com. Com.
0: I had a look around uh, Planet Fallout today, and uh, I wish I'd gone to it when I was playing because uh, you've got a lot <laughs> of good stuff there. But and I would I would been less lost, <laughs> if, um, less roaming around uh, aimlessly. So yes, definitely check out both James' and sites. And uh, James, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul, how about you?
2: Well, I'd like to give a shout-out to frugalgaming.co.uk. A good friend of mine, Nori, who I met via Cranky Gamers, him and his friend Darren have set up a site basically based on good deals, good buys for UK customers. You go to their blog, you see a good deal, you go buy your game, basically. I think it's a fantastic idea. And relatively new, they've got a podcast, it's up on iTunes, um, and obviously, Cranky Gamers UK, yes, um, where I originated from, a, a prolific poster over there. And <laughs> hopefully, it's gone through a bit of a tumultuous time recently, but the, the members of the site are, have now got their own podcast up, mm. in fact two podcasts now, and it seems to be doing well, so hopefully it will go from strength to strength they've also got a podcast obviously those two um, I think they're up on iTunes I'm pretty sure
0: yeah uh, if you go over to Cranky Gamers UK you can, I think you'll probably pretty shortly after this podcast people will find some Paul's cool stuff some Paul's writing <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'll That's just give a plan yeah I'll, I'll just give a personal shout out to uh, to both actually Fly and tos, Uh just you know keep up what you're doing and uh, looking forward to hearing all your new stuff Um and i think uh just to shout out both these guys twitters if you want to find out more about them you can find paul at twitter.com/silenthitashura that's h i t o s h u r a and uh one of the funniest twitter feeds i've got on my twitter, on my account uh <laughs> constantly amusing and Thank very you. Uh, opinionated I do try. you do bless you and uh, <laughs> and uh, and james is on twitter as well twitter.com/jamesbishop so uh, check them out and uh, joe how about you closing thought for this week
3: Just another recommendation for the World Ends with You. Uh, It's a great game. If you like Final Fantasy, give it a shot. If you have a DS, give it a shot. Um, It's a very underrated title, and I really hope a lot of people get to play that one.
0: Well, on on a similar note, my closing thought is Try Dark Chronicle because that's on a PS2, and it might be called Dark Cloud 2 where you are. I don't know. Either case, go get it, play it. It's better than the World Ends with You. That's what I'm saying. Even though I haven't played Uh, it, it is. It is. It's one one of the best. No shush. Um,
2: Persona 4. (laughs)
0: Oh, look! Dark <laughs> Chronicle, Final Fantasy X. That's where it is. Reminds <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, on that note, uh, next week we are talking about Resident Evil 5. You know, post-mortem So bring your chainsaws to that, and we'll see you there. Bye. Thank you for listening to Big Red Potion brought to you as part of the game on network of podcasts from the home to unbiased thoughts from a community of gamers you can find more about the podcast at bigredpotion.com with links to previous shows and forum threads where you can continue the discussion you can follow show updates through twitter by following either myself at twitter.com slash shoinan s-h-o-i-n-a-n or joe at twitter.com slash slam vanderhuge slam v-a-n-d-e-r huge all that's left to do is thank the man behind the theme tune, Derek K. Miller. Derek, take us out with Washing Off Like an book.